It's draft season. We are less than two weeks away from the kickoff of the 2024 Fantasy Major League Rugby season. And with us opening Fantasy MLR to all who want to try it, Fantasy Draft Season has begun. On this week's episode of the Fantasy Ruckers Show, we do our annual Fantasy Ruckers Mock Draft, talk a little bit about drafting philosophies, and of course, go over all the latest news and notes from around the league with an important Fantasy MLR League update. The Fantasy Ruckers Show starts right now. Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Yee, Matt Yee, and Devin Vanderpool. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 96 of the Fantasy Rucker Show. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Ruckers League members, our community members, and everyone else tagging along on this journey of trying to make Fantasy Rugby a reality in the MLR with you every single week. I am Ryan Yee, Matt Yee here with me. And Maddie, yep. like we said at the top of the show, it's draft season, baby. And we're getting into the thick of it here. Only two weeks away from the start of the MLR season, which means fantasy drafts are taking place. Man, don't you love, love this time of the year? I mean, yeah, things are starting to heat up. Uh, my draft boards are all coming together. I'm sure there's the uh, the new members of 2024 fantasy MLR uh, are all getting their draft boards ready um so yeah it's it's exciting times right i mean not just the mlr season but also the big fantasy mlr season this is the biggest year to date yeah biggest year to date that's for sure again the first season that we've ever been able to open it up to the masses and get people uh trying out fantasy mlr for the very first time we've been interacting with their community members been interacting with people who've joined leagues uh it's been yep. super fun and and uh, a lot of people are really excited they've told me how excited they are and it's only stirring up our excitement and our our uh how pumped up we are for this 2024 season it's going to be a lot of fun stuff so on this episode number 96 we're here to get you prepared because uh you know with those drafts coming Coming up, you got to make sure that uh, everyone has all the research that they need, the philosophies that they need, um, them being their very first fantasy MLR season. So on this one, it's all about the mock draft. It's the official fantasy Rutgers mock draft episode that we do every single year. We're going to be going through three rounds of uh, eight team draft. Maddie and I went through it, picked some players here. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to do break that down this draft. episode. Ten team draft. Eight team draft. Was it ten team? We definitely did the 10-team, Ryan. 10-team draft. 10-team draft, which is reflective of the Fantasy Rockers League. Yes, so 10-team draft going in uh, to this one, which Jeez, is going Ryan's to be... Ryan's getting nervous because it's his first season. <laughs> I am Jeez. getting nervous. It is, him, it is my first season. Give him a little season. bit of break. He's a rookie now. He's been this whole, you know, emperor, commissioner, whatever the heck they're calling it these days. And Ryan, he, he can't... He's trying to figure out where to get his mind right. And clearly... You know, a little bit his shook. mind is his mind is a little shook because he's about to go against the big guns. I'm just too I don't excited. Know if do, I don't know, Ryan. If you have you earned to go against the big guns? Have I earned? Are have you I ready earned? to go against the big guns? Have I earned to be against the big guns? I think I've I've earned it enough. Am I ready? 
I think that's a little bit of a different question because obviously uh, you I guys mean, have been diving deep into it for the past two seasons. So you guys have a little bit more experience on the league manager side of things, but yeah, uh, a lot like, we'll, we'll establish my commissioners. Up. But yeah, we got mock draft this episode. Of course, we're going to go over the latest news and notes from around the league and how that's going to impact the upcoming fantasy MLR season. And then of course, have a commissioner Yee's league update with all the latest that you need to know about fantasy MLR when it comes to your leagues, when it comes to the fantasy Rutgers league, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, going on so we're gonna get all to it but can it be more excited though the leagues are finalized drafts are beginning like we said so we're gonna get you prepared in this episode but before we uh get into it like we see every single episode if you aren't already Make sure you're following us at the Fantasy Ruckers. The handles are up above if you're watching on the YouTube video. Uh, down below if you're listening on the pod. Uh, that's where you're going to get all the latest information. Got a whole bunch of good stuff coming for you this year uh, that is kind of revamping the league manager experience. We're going to have yep. uh, top waiver wire ads. We're going to have team of the week. We're going to have a whole bunch of stuff. Hopefully some interesting stats that will be coming out uh, oh, fantasy-wise yeah. on our socials as well. So you'll want to be following there to get the inside scoop uh, throughout the fantasy season at the fantasy ruckers again discord community has been blowing up if you aren't a part mm -hmm. of it make sure you join a lot of great people over there you can find that link down below in the description um and hey while you're at it give this video a like uh subscribe to the fantasy ruckers youtube channel we really do appreciate the support and share it with your friends uh get this fantasy mlr thing uh growing here yeah and we've been seeing comments being left uh you know we've been responding we've been liking uh i'm seeing some pretty heinous comments from some people announcing about saying that they like this whole supreme commissioner thing look we got to get that out of the comment section first of all all right no more <laughs> of that in the comment section but i don't know i think it's catching I'm, on maddie i think it's I'm catching on what can i say i'm enjoying you know whether it's people that are already from the discord community whether it's new people we love to see it we love the comments we love responding to them um and hey you know we just we just love talking mlr and mlr fantasy rugby all right, well, let's get right into it here. Here is the Commissioner Yee's League Update. Uh, are you going to start calling these Supreme Commissioner League Updates or what? How are we going to... Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. How, how are we going to differentiate... Hear ye, Here is Supreme Commissioner oh, Yee geez. with the League Update. Supreme geez. Commissioner now making it official. I think uh, some of the, uh, the League members have uh, denoted it themselves. Obviously, I'm not... Uh, this is a democracy here. I have not bestowed this title on anyone. They, they, well, they I, just received I didn't see a vote. I didn't see any vote on this title. It was, I a didn't close, see nothing. it was a closed door commissioner's meeting. Oh, I see. I see. I see. What'd you do? Hold a gun to their head? No, no, never. I would never do that. This is uh, all this is, this is all out of goodwill. Uh, but yes, uh, lots to talk about here with the uh, Commissioner Yee's League update in this one. Um, again, like we mentioned, fantasy drafts are starting. Couldn't be more excited. The leagues are filled out. Uh, we've got this season going into it. Four public leagues that we've created, each of them with eight teams apiece. Have been having getting a lot of traction, a lot of communication there. Uh, the Discord channels for those leagues are blowing up. A lot of people are talking. People are excited. We can't wait. I think our very first draft, Matthew, is happening actually today, Monday uh, evening here. So we're going to get to start to see some of these things taking place. So this mock draft episode is coming out at right the perfect time for people to well, do that. Yeah, I mean, they might have they might have to make some changes to their draft board depending on we on what they hear here. 
Absolutely. But uh, so all that's going on. I would like to say before uh, teams and leagues start getting into those drafts, make sure you're familiarizing yourself with the rules and the scoring. We have a channel in our discord yeah. uh, that's titled uh, uh, League Rules. Uh, there's a document, a Google Doc on there. It's posted on there as well. Um, just make sure you know what you're what, uh, the, the, the scoring, the rules, how they're taking place. It's going to be really big in terms of uh, knowing what players to pick. And when you're down to that, uh, you know, clock you're on the clock and you're making that decision. Some of these, uh, the knowledge of knowing some of the scoring rules and some things like that are going to help you yeah. kind of make those decisions. So again, the more you know, the better you're going to do in your drafts, the better you're going to do in the season. Hopefully take home a fantasy MLR championship this year. Yeah. And let me tell you, let me tell you firsthand, the pressure starts rising, right? <laughs> you realize that you don't have a position and it's round seven and you realize that, Hey, who is left? The pressure starts rising. All right. The temperature starts rising. And you're going to want to, be, want to be able to make some some sound and calm decisions in your draft. It's true. And I guess talking about making those sound and calm decisions to help you out, the Fantasy Ruckers got your back. And we've come out with a draft kit for all league Whoa. members to use. Um, that has been posted in the League Members Resources channel in our Discord. It's a Google Sheet Excel file that you can download. It has... Every single player that will be participating in the MLR that's ranked uh, from their 2023 stats. We've included also the players that are appearing for the first time this year in 2024. There's also a uh, tab there to keep track of the players that you have drafted as well. And also a tab for you to kind of copy and paste players from the uh, Fantasy Rutgers uh, uh, total draft database into that tab for you to keep an eye on certain players. And all of it's filtered. You can filter out. There's a column for you to know which players have been drafted to filter out those guys that are already taken. Um, use that draft kit. Should be very, very helpful. I know that I've gotten some feedback from the Discord for people who may not be as Excel savvy to possibly have a printable a draft sheet. That should be coming. Was um, it 1990? <laughs> hey, whatever Whatever works, whatever works. Uh, I know, Matt, for you and I, we've used uh, uh, pen and paper in the past for some more fantasy football drafts, but we are getting used to the 2024 age when it comes to uh, using some more high-tech tools. So again, that draft kit's available, but uh, we're just waiting for the latest kind of roster moves. We're going to get some into the news and notes here that have been appearing, um, and we want to make sure that we have the latest up-to-date PDF file that will be released that you can print ahead of your draft. So that should be coming out shortly, so keep an eye out for that as well. But right now, draft kit is available uh, in the league resources channel make sure you download that um make sure you uh get that uh that onto your computer and you'll be able to use that throughout your drafts that are coming up i will mention also there has been a link that has been shared with every single league uh, that is league specific in terms of the draft results. Commissioners have been given access to edit those uh, those uh, those files, and that is going to be how the whole league is going to keep track of how the uh, the drafts are progressing. I think most leagues are taking part in a slow draft format, so I know that's going to be kind of a little bit difficult to keep track of what players have been taken. Uh, commissioners will be doing those updates. That's how you'll follow along. So make sure you keep an eye out. Those links have been posted to uh, your respective league discord channels also has been emailed to your uh, email that you use to sign up in the Google form. So uh, if you haven't already looked at it, uh, make sure you have access to that. If you don't reach out to your commissioners and they will work it out to make sure that you do have a access to that sheet. Lastly, 
any questions that you may have, make sure you're using the Ask TFR Show channel. Uh, a lot of uh, me- uh, Discord members have been using that already. Um, we're always kind of moderating that. Uh, we're always keeping uh, an eye on it. If it's not myself, um, it might be Alistair Kirschpour, website guru that's asking uh, technical questions uh, or answering technical questions, I should say. Our uh, community moderator, Stephen Lowen, answering questions to his capacity there as well. Really great resource if you have any questions going into it. Commissioners also have a pretty good idea on how the leagues are operating right now. So don't be afraid to ask your in your in your league uh, Discord channel as well if you have any questions. And I don't know, Ryan, if this needs to be a separate channel or if this needs to be separate questions, but uh, you know, there we should have some sort of resource for them to ask strategic questions. You know, maybe there's guys from other leagues that are trying to figure out what would we do here? What mm-hmm. would what's our thoughts on this being you know, myself being a vet, you being a rookie. So, you know, we got to take your, your words with a grain of salt. But us being being people that have talked fantasy MLR for the past three years, uh, what we think about it, how we can help fantasy managers get their teams to the place that they want to go. Um, we should have something for that too, Rai. Um, I think that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. And we know it's such a big tool as well because, I mean, you and I have both used it in the past, like posting on Reddit, you know what I mean? Like for fantasy yeah. football, being like, oh, who do I start here? Who do I sit? Like that's what yeah. that channel's for. Uh, we'll probably create another channel as well, like you mentioned, Matt, about just the community being able to help each other out in terms of yeah. decisions and, with and regards getting to that. some unbiased thoughts from us of course, on our show, <laughs> right? Unbiased, as long as you're not in the league. If you're in if you're in the league, if you're in the, 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 the OG league, then hey, my thoughts might be biased. I can't promise you anything. But if you're in one of the one of the other prestige leagues, uh, as that's part of this fantasy Rutgers uh, fantasy MLR, then uh, yeah, you'll get some unbiased opinions to help you out. To maybe it'll be like we're talking through it one on one. All right. Well, talking about that OG league, we got a big announcement. Uh, we we had done this every single year since the conception of this league, True. and the live stream. For the Fantasy Rutgers Draft is happening this week, Friday, March 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us on YouTube Live uh, where we will be streaming our Fantasy Rutgers League Draft. That's cool. uh, we, will be, uh, we will be streaming all 15 rounds of it. Uh, like we did last season, it got a little bit crazy um, at, towards the end of the draft. It is a long stretch of getting all of that done, but it's a super fun night. So join us this uh, this Friday, March 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, to, you know, uh, watch uh, the 10 OG members, some new members, uh, myself now in the mix here. You get to see Vandy, uh, Maddie, uh, just watch uh, all the chaos that is going to go down. Whole bunch of chaos last season. I expect there to be a whole bunch more chaos happening this year. So again, Friday, March 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that link will be uh, distributed on our social media channels, on the Discord, and uh, we appreciate anyone who kind of tunes in on their Friday night to watch uh, a few fools here try to do their best in taking home a Fantasy Rutgers League Championship in its third yep. year. All yeah, right. Ain't that the truth? I'm looking forward to it, Ry. This Good is going to be good. Should be a lot of fun. All right, let's get into some news and notes, Matt, uh, from around the league here. Uh, preseason in full swing, which is super exciting stuff. Had a uh, several uh, number of games that have occurred over the course of the past uh, few days. Uh, the information coming out for that is quite difficult at times, uh, yep. we'll, which we'll get into here. But nonetheless, uh, so some teams have been helpful on the social media pages. Um, you so. know. 
uh, some is the key word there. Uh, but let's first get into it. I mean, uh, a big one here, uh, San Diego taking on Chicago in their preseason match here. Uh, yep. 21-21 tie, uh, which is interesting there. Uh, but hey, uh, it looks like uh, Chicago and uh, San Diego um, playing in Chula Vista, uh, getting some uh, preseason action in um, with a, a knotted up 21 match there between the two. Yeah, a couple key points that I took away from the limited information that we got. Uh, Gitto kicking uh, kicking for goal. Yeah. Something to consider. What does that mean for Lincoln McClutchy? Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I don't, I didn't see any pictures, but I don't know if Lincoln McClutchy was actually uh, in there. So that'll be something to think about for sure. He also has a mohawk. Yeah, what do you think uh, of the Gitto, uh, the Gitto Mr. T kind of mohawk? Kind I of mean, hey. He looks fierce. Looks pretty cool. I like it. As long as it translates on the field, we're happy. Um, Nate Oxberger doing Nate Oxberger things. Billy Meeks doing Billy Meeks things, both scoring tries. Uh, it seems like this, the things are going as we expect. I think the big thing coming out of this is that Chicago being able to stand up to last year's finalists and uh, – I know it's just preseason. We shouldn't be reading into it, but that's a good sign. Chicago clearly uh, knowing how to put points up on the board this year. Yeah, should be interesting. Another team in action there for the preseason. Seattle Seawolves taking on the Pacific Pride and talk about making a statement against what is well, a struggling rugby Canada program. Uh, I mean, 79 look, to 7, uh, the Seattle Pacific Seawolves. Pacific Pride team. is a glorified club team. They lose against UBC. They lose against UVic. They lose against, you know, other teams in the BC Premier League. They are they're just another glorified club club team. So I'm not surprised at the results. Big things to point out, Rye. Things that I learned from this. Duncan Matthews, a hat trick. Don't forget about him. Mm-hmm. Don't make sure you don't forget about Duncan Matthews, because that guy is still he's still a threat. And yeah. we've seen what he can do in this fantasy MLR league. Inafuti still being a beast. Um and I don't know. Seattle Seawolves basically sharing pictures of Cara Pryor without telling anybody mm-hmm. um, that he's on the squad. So welcome to Seattle, Cara Pryor, I guess. He's joining his his old back roommate, Pago Haini, um, in the Northwest. So, uh, yeah, that's that's great to see. And, and, and we'll see how he fits into that lineup behind Reichert Haddock. All right, and then also uh, Dallas Jackals, Nola Gold taking on uh, each other as well. Uh, again, when it comes to information, we know nothing about this. Apparently, we they kicked nothing. off. Uh, we don't have a score at this point in time at the recording of this podcast, but uh, we do know that, in fact, that Nola Gold and the Dallas Jackals play. But what we do Way know go, is guys. that uh, the, Utah, awesome. the Utah Warriors and uh, Rugby Football Club Los Angeles, I got Stupid it right that name. time, uh, played uh, as well over the weekend, a 34-7 to victory for for LA, which is a pretty yeah. big statement win well, again, grain of salt because it's preseason. But I mean, coming out the gates hot here in, in preseason for LA. I mean, we have no idea what squad is playing for Utah. <laughs> I think the only li- team that released a lineup was Seattle. Uh, so good on you, Seattle. Way to go. Well, I think so. I believe so. I think that's right. I mean, they released a 23. I think others played as well. Um, Utah. I mean, it makes sense. They didn't tweet anything about this game, not even that it was happening, not even the results, uh, nothing. They tweeted absolutely nothing. And I guess, you know, they probably didn't want to share. They lost to uh, a bunch of, you know, phallic symbols running around the field, uh, 34 to 7. So uh makes sense. I don't blame you, Utah. But a couple things that I took away, Dan Holland's head looks like he's kicking for goal. What You know, where's Jordan Chait? 
Did they just not share pictures of Jordan Chait? We don't know. Uh, but all the pictures they had that they shared was Dan Holland's head kicking. Um, and then also James Stokes is there in the 12 jersey. Uh, at least I was assuming. They didn't actually say it. I just saw the the wrist tape. I saw the, the English hair. Um, so I'm assuming it's James Stokes. It looks like James Stokes. That's the next level. That's my that's my in, that's in, my investigative. Uh, yes, my investigative analysis. But Ryan, I, I just you know you put a camera. You can just put a camera anywhere. The quality doesn't even have to be great. Last year we got some potato quality, you know, potato quality preseason, and it sucked. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it was something. We could at least see something was happening. Um, can't these teams just like? You know, there's fans that are clearly interested in seeing these preseason sure, games. Sure. It can't be that hard to at least tweet about it, at least give people some commentary surrounding it. Um, or you just set a, a camcorder literally anywhere and just live stream it onto YouTube or post the game after on YouTube. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what edge you're trying to get here, but but we there's fans here that just want to see it. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that just uh, speaks to how excited I guess fans are just to see some sort of major league rugby action as yeah. we uh, tick down the clock here and under two weeks to go here to the start of the season. Um, people are itching for the that first week to come up and, and yeah. they want as much preseason action as they can get. Um, but this is what they're going to have to settle with, at least as of right now. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So. Um, upcoming, though, uh, there are uh, some more preseason matches coming up. Uh, February 23rd, the New England Free Jacks take on the Dallas Jackals, which should be an interesting nice. one. And then February February 24th, the Sabercats take on the NOLA Gold. So a couple more matches to keep an eye out for. There's probably going to be other ones that happen under the radar too that we don't know out. I know the uh, Seattle Seawolves also are taking on uh, the which which side is it Matt for Canada that they're taking on? Oh, the academy side, development the academy side. side. They're all the yeah. same difference. It's going to yeah. be same players who played for Pacific Pride that's going to end up <laughs> playing for the academy. So, so uh, yeah, they're yeah, going to see- pump them. Seattle will have that as well. All right, well, let's move on to kind of some news uh, from a team perspective here. We'll start with the Seattle Seawolves, Matt. You mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Car Pryor being yep. uh, available in there as well. So that's going to be something to know. Car Pryor was a mega fantasy performer uh, for uh, for fantasy, 95.9 fantasy points last season with the New York Ironworkers. Uh, started in a majority of his matches, 10 out of the 13 he played in during the fantasy season. Added a few tries in there as well. So he'll be uh, a nice person in the mix, which is interesting because it comes at a time where there is a little bit of, I guess, volatility that's happening with the Seattle Seawolves uh, um, back row kind of situation. Uh, Devin Short, again, we mentioned last episode, absent from the Seawolves. It sounds like Nakai Penny, according to Brian Ray, is taking some time away from the Seattle Seawolves. So there was some note, hey, maybe this is Charles Elton. We mentioned him in our kind of sleeper picks when it came to the back row players of as a guy to look out for. Now yep. Kyra Pryor in the mix. How how does that kind of change things? Uh, either way, I think having a back row of Reichard Hatting, uh, Charles Elton, um, and and potentially now Carr Pryor is going to be big time there. Yeah, kind of interesting. I think, and and three guys, Pago Haini, Reichard Hatting, Carr Pryor, all at least like kind of natural eights. Uh, so we'll see how that that mixes up. I think Reichard Hatting is a clear starter there. Um, it's just a matter of who fits into that last back row spot. Um, and who's able to adjust to that flanker position the best. 
Absolutely. Another uh, uh, interesting note that came from Seattle Seawolves camp. They just recently announced that Mason Peterson front rower will not be participating in the 2024 Oof. season. Uh, big hit, I think, for the Seattle Seawolves. He's been uh, it's all due to injury. So um, the, we're going to see kind of how he kind of uh, uh, comes back from this. But again, he was a big time, not maybe so much from a fantasy perspective, Matt, only 25.1 fantasy points, but a big part of that Seattle Seawolves pack that has been so dominant yep. over the years. Um, so we wish the best of recovery uh for mason peterson and then they also were involved in a trade with the uh the houston sabercats uh salary cap considerations um for daquan perry um who is now going over to the uh seattle seawolves, seattle seawolves. yeah so. they're just yeah all right. And then now uh, shifting on over to some other teams here. Uh, we got Nola Gold. A uh, couple interesting tidbits. Uh, Domingo Saavedra. I think I said that right. Right. Um, I mean, hey, that's we're Close just going to go with it. Right? Um, center, who was recently signed for the Nola Gold. His visa has not been approved yet. Um, again, Nola has obviously a pretty busy bat, uh, center room there with JP Duplessis, Jordan Jackson Hope, um, Ross Depperschmidt, and then you add Domingo Saavedra to the mix as well. Um, it looks like he's probably not going to be ready until the season starts. So something to look out for if you were to, trying to see maybe take a flyer or a handcuff there with Domingo Saavedra. If you were a guy that drafted JP Duplessis or, um, or uh, Jordan Jackson Hope, uh, Saavedra is probably going to be off your draft board now since he probably won't appear until uh, partway through the season um again also nola gold involved in a trade uh they have signed taniella filimoni back three player uh played with the new england free jacks was acquired in a trade for salary cap considerations and a third round pick he is now official member of the nola gold um old glory dc moving on here damian hoyland matt you mentioned him last episode when we talked yep. about back three players about a guy to watch out for um he's experiencing visa issues according to um uh an interview with ownership of Old Glory DC on uh, Rugby Weekly there um, with Matt McCarthy, who uh, is a part of the uh, Fantasy Rutgers League. And we'll see how Rugby Wrap-Up is able to do this season. But Damian Not Hoyland also, exp also experiencing visa issues, uh, which means that he his future for being with the Old Glory DC team at the start of the season is up at risk. Ownership is optimistic that they said in the interview that he'll arrive in time for the start of the season. He's currently trading in Edinburgh uh, to stay sharp. Uh, but some risks there now when you're looking at Damian Hoyland on your draft boards. He's currently not with Old Glory DC at this point in time at the recording of this podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, and you definitely want to stay tuned and probably will affect his draft stock um, just with the uncertainty. But I think that helps out Axel Muller's draft stock uh, just knowing that he's he's been in camp. There's been pictures released of him already in training camp. Um, so knowing that he's probably going to be their, their number one back three player, uh, coming out of that and, and, and maybe his stock and his opportunity goes up. All right. And then moving on to, uh, the Carolina Anthem, uh, junior Gaffa has been, uh, loaned from the new England free Jacks up until April 7th. And it's gonna be interesting to see how heck? many, how many, like, this is kind of the mix now, what we're seeing from like European soccer with kind of North American style sports. And we're going to see yeah. how many of these loans happen, especially with this Anthem team. That is obviously a developmental side. You're looking to get guys that, uh, uh get playing time. If they're not getting playing time with their, their respective squads, especially when they're trying to make a bid for the USA Eagles junior Gaffa is going to be now one of those players that at least up until April 7th is going to be on loan with the Anthem from the New England Free Jacks yeah interesting I don't I don't know what to think about this but 
hey, if we're going to see more guys get playing time, see some younger guys get in, um, maybe those are some guys that you can look at as like, hey, if they're in the starting lineup and you need a guy, do you take a flyer on them? Because they're probably not going to be on any teams. Um, so we'll see how that kind of help, kind of changes the way that we work the waiver wire a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also Anthem involved in another trade with the New England Free Jacks. Uh, Sayosi Nye, a scrum mm. half, uh, is going to the Anthem in exchange for salary cap considerations from the New England Free Jacks. So uh, just adding to that uh, that depth there at that scrum half position for the Carolinas, who right now have uh, Reno Taoni, Sean Yakubian, and now Sayosi Nye at that scrum half. going to be interesting to see who kind of emerges there as their nine. Yeah, I mean, Sayosi Nye was part of that whole Crossroads Cup, but he's a Tongan international or Tongan-born at least. Um, and we'll see. I, I'm, I have a feeling that Sean Yakubin is going to be starting there, but we'll see who emerges uh, by the middle of the season or by the end of the season. And then last piece of news that we want to get to before getting to our annual Fantasy Rutgers mock draft is oh, yeah. that the announcement for the Fox Sports schedule for USMLR games this 2024 season has been released. Got some notable matchups there. I think the Seattle Seawolves and Houston Sabercats in week four on Fox Sports 2 yep. is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, we're looking at, you know, even though I think there's a lot of hype going in with the Chicago Hounds, them taking mm-hmm. on the four, uh, the MLR champions from 2023 in week 10 on Fox Sports sports too just really really cool to see i'm the exposure that the mlr is getting and to actually be on a big network we've mentioned it before and we've talked to people about oh like why isn't the mlr growing what's the next step for the mlr and it's it's come up in interviews that we've had with players really the sign for the growth of new emerging professional leagues that next big step is scoring that tv broadcast deal and and having that this is now there's part I mean, we've had it in the past obviously from seasons it feels like there's a lot more this year uh that are being broadcasted on the fox sports network um so again inching closer to really becoming a legitimate uh, force here within the north american sports uh realm and i did recognize that there are some fs1s mm-hmm. uh broadcast on there i believe last year basically all of them in, until the playoffs were on fs2 yeah if i'm remembering correctly i think i remember the commissioner coming out and saying uh, like the big boy Fox or whatever the heck uh, they called it. Yep. Um, couple things to note in this schedule. Crazy that there's no San Diego, New England free Jack game uh, that's broadcasted. Might've just been scheduling issues. Um, and crazy that there's no Seattle, San Diego game. I don't believe, mm-hmm. um, you know, so those are some of the big guns that you would expect to be playing against each other. Um, and I mean, those are kind of like marquee matches and, and yeah, it seems kind of odd that, that you wouldn't have those as some of the big Sunday night lights or Saturday night lights type games. Yeah, my guess is scheduling issues uh, is probably yeah. a little bit tricky to do that. But and, yeah, uh, Fox Sports 1 games, though, there yeah. are one, two, three, four, five of them happening this season. We got Great. Miami, San Diego in week five. We got uh, Old Glory, D.C. and Utah in week nine, which will be a pretty good match. We got San Diego and L.A. in week 13. San Diego Anthem in week 15, Chicago, San Diego in week 16. I hope, and then I hope they come up with a, uh, and Utah in week 16 as well. I hope they come up with some cool cup or something like that for the battle of California or something like that. Be cool. uh, that'll be fun. Um, but Ryan, the other thing with these Fox broadcasts is that they're using the special balls. Yes. So in these Fox, I don't believe it's going to be on the rugby network. I mean, I think they'll still use the same balls. Right, they'll still they'll still handle those balls the same, um, but they're going to be actually giving the the live stats that are coming from the balls 
that are being handled uh, within the game um, on Fox, on yeah, the Fox broadcast. So you'll be able to see. I think they said things like air, like uh, time and air for kicks, uh, how long a pass was, how long a kick was. Um, super cool things just to help more people who love stats get more involved, understand the game a little bit more, and get a little bit more, uh, I don't know, uh, what's it called, ingrained or uh, immersed. There's the word, immersed the word. Nice. into the game Big and into the word. broadcast. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing these new balls being handled. Yep, especially when uh, RFC LA is involved in the match, which yep. they have a bunch yeah, yeah. of uh, Fox Sports games there. So oh, maybe they'll have two of them. Ah, who knows? Um, all right, let's get into the mock drafts here, Maddie. Uh, before I throw it up on the screen here um, and and we start breaking down these rounds, uh, we'll just kind of go over the rules that you and I kind of uh, uh, abided by here for this mock draft. Yes. Uh, we did a 10-team mock draft. We did three yes. rounds. Uh, the reason yep. why we did 10-team is that that reflects our fantasy Rutgers League and it's what we've had done notoriously. I know that uh, all of our four leagues are eight-team leagues, uh, but you'll just have to go in terms of of depth wise um you'll you'll go down the list with that yeah but, and um, it, it's it's still reflective in terms of where players are going and kind of the philosophies behind it yeah i mean and when it comes to the first three rounds it's really just you're gonna pick the best available guy like unless you have another strategy that you want to try and implement and, and that's fine but like at the end of the day for the first three rounds until you get to the later end of the third round uh, you're going to pick the best available guy. So whether that's eight teams or whether that's 10 teams, you know, you're going to pick the guy that you like and, you know, maybe you'll deviate from that and we'll get into that, Ryan, a little yeah. bit. But whether it's eight or 10, at the end of the day, you're still going to go through kind of, hey, this is the eighth ranked, this is the 10th ranked, whether they're taking the first round in our draft or the second round in your draft, uh, it's still kind of the same concept. And I guess that leads to a good point here before we kind of start breaking down this mock draft is kind of the philosophies behind it. Because there is a caveat there. You say best available, but it's always indicative. It's always contextual because it always yeah. depends on the guys you have, the guys that you don't need, the guys you like, the guys you don't like. True. Um, really, there's a lot of other decisions and factors that go into it. If, if drafts were as easy where you just kind of go down the list and able to get every single guy that you well, like, it wouldn't be as fun or that, as heartbreaking as it usually is. But uh, Best I mean, available, I, Ryan, is very subjective. Bitch. Very subjective. Very best true. available, not on the board, but best available for your situation. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. So I think the main thing with these mock drafts, as we start to get into it here, is is that it's, and I think we mentioned this last year, it's the kind of the brain kind of te teaser, the kind of the, 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 the exercise, the brain exercise, the mind exercise yeah. of going through this and being put into certain situations and kind of your thought process and why you go certain routes. Because again, it's hard to predict. Everyone knows, if, especially if you have other fantasy sports experience, kind of yeah. drafts are unpredictable and you're going to be put and on MLRs the clock. even more so. Exactly. So you're going to have situations where things are going to, aren't going to go your way. You're going to have to make last minute changes. So again, this exercise is basically doing that in terms of how you think through it and kind of when you're brought up with these certain situations, kind of what the thought process is. So again, I think for our listeners and for league members, especially who are listening to this mock draft or watching this mock draft, uh, the big takeaway here is just kind of applying some of these philosophies and some of these decisions to your own drafts. Yep. And when you're brought into those decisions, not and, exactly with certain players going where and saying like, yeah. Hey, if we mock draft a certain guy at the third pick that that guy's going to be, or that guy should be taken at that third pick. It's but more it's, so yeah. if this happens, 
or if this is a decision, why you made that decision, if a similar kind of thing happens in your own draft. Exactly. And, you know, there's some different approaches to, to fantasy MLR, and I think we saw examples of that last year. It's like, do you go for the big guns, the big point scorers right off the mm-hmm. bat, or right. do you go for the guys at in positions that you're going to have a really hard time getting if you don't get them in the first round? Absolutely. You know, positions like second row, front row, scrum half, those are three kind of positions where it's like, hey, there's a maybe a clear top one or two guys. Are you desperate to get that guy? And do you want to make sure that you have a guy at that position? Or do you want to just get guys that score points and go off that basis? That's usually what I've seen and experienced in the past uh, when we've gone through these drafts. All right. So let's get right into it. No time to waste here. We'll start off with the very first pick of the 2024 uh, Fantasy Mock Draft, and that will be J.P. Duplessis coming off the board first. Uh, And just so that viewers and listeners know, uh, what we basically did is Matt and I, uh, we did this mock draft. I took uh, uh, ownership of all the odd-numbered picks, Maddie, all the even-numbered picks. So I went with J.P. Duplessis at the very first pick. Um, I guess I'll explain kind of what my thought process is. J.P. Duplessis, I mean, incredible, incredible player. fourth overall in all of fantasy the best center 204.2 fantasy points and we talked about it last episode when we broke down the centers i mean this was a guy that was consistent all year long and had those abilities to um to get those big explosive games and there i mean when you look at some games that he had i mean 27.1 in round 10 went three straight matches with uh 20 point plus matches had five all year where he was up there did he have some games were kind of disappointed sure but a lot of the times jp duplacy was coming for uh coming through for you maddie he was a big part of your fantasy mlr championship last year i think jp duplacy there's a lot of guys you can go with this first overall pick but i think jp duplacy is definitely one we're going to see a lot of here going first overall well Ryan, let me ask, why would you why would you go JP Duplessis over a guy like Joe Mono? So then that's great because that goes into the, the philosophies here. Joe Mono, again, our number one overall fantasy pick uh, in in all of fantasy MLR last season. Uh, Joe Mono had um, um, what did Joe Mono have? Let's bring that up here. 200 and uh, something. 250. Uh, 46.7 fantasy points. Again, the overall top fantasy player here. The reason why, and this goes into my philosophy, and I guess I'm spoiling this for our fantasy Rutgers league draft is Ryan's uh, top tidbit here is center is a huge position. They are the biggest point producers. We mentioned it in our social media channels. They are the guys that are going to consistently get you points on a weekly basis. And the loss that you're going to get from having a center that isn't able to produce that is going to be huge. Our back three player is going to have explosive weeks for you. Yes. I'm just not willing to take the risk that Joe Mono is going to be able to do what Joe Mono did last year on a weekly basis versus the points that I'm going to lose at a center position who consistently gets you double digit points every single week. Not going to put up those duds. Again, a big source of that is, uh, is the center position. I want to build my team around a center and that's what I'm going to do here with the first overall pick. And, you know what? That brings me kind of segues right to my pick because I, you know, I had to make the same decision in, in, in the second pick of the first round. And uh, I know that based on my top fives last week, you probably would have think Dan Creel's the easy option here. But I actually going to go Billy Meeks in this pick. Nice. Um, Good and, pick. I like it. And Billy Meeks, the only reason why is that 
I look at that Chicago Hounds offense, and yes, I think they're going to be a better team this year. Mm-hmm. Remember, Billy Meeks missed the first three weeks last year and was still, you know, was still up there in terms of points. Um, I think the offense is going to get better. I think he's going to get more go forward ball. I think he's going to continue and has a better chance to. I can have a better chance knowing that, hey, Billy Meeks is going to be the highlight of that offense mm-hmm. when it comes to the midfield. When it go to Seattle and you look at Dan Creel, you know, I don't think there's that much doubt, but they did bring in one of the biggest centers in, in, in international rugby. K-Train. You know, yeah, they did bring him in. Um, you would kind of be wasting it if you didn't give him opportunities to be highlighted with an offense. And does that take away from Dan Creel? I don't know. We'll have to find out. I don't think it'll be that much, but enough for me to say, all right, I, I would rather take the shot on Billy Meeks. Yeah, and then absolutely. to that to that point, right? I mean, why didn't I? The same question goes to me. Why didn't I take Joe Mono? Why, like, he was a top point scorer last year. Why wouldn't you take him? And my philosophy, not philosophy, but my reasoning is a little bit different than yours. And it's like we've seen Joe Mono, guys like Joe Mono, come out of nowhere. Yeah, Joe Mono not even getting a sniffed until I think the last few rounds of last year's draft. Mm-hmm. You can find these back three guys in other places. You can yeah. find these back three guys in places you don't expect. I don't think personally it's as crucial to get that position right as much as it is to get the center position right in these early rounds. Yeah, the difference between the top center versus kind of your middling centers uh, versus your top back three player and your middling back three players. Like back three players are going to score tries. You know what I mean? Like it's very reflective of teams. And you're going to have guys that can reach that ceiling. Maybe not to the same extent of Joe Mono, but you'll be able to, uh, to find point production elsewhere at that back three position much more easily than at the center position. So that kind of, again, leads me to my third pick here that I came up. I came up with Dan Creel and you kind of uh, explained all that really for these top three picks for me, it was weighing out the decision between Duplessis, Meeks and Creel. And they each bring their own, own thing to the table. Like I would not be, surprised if Creel went number one the consistency he showed last season was incredible I mean you you see that and then obviously there's there's you know Billy Meeks what he's been able to consistently do uh from a a weekly basis when he was on the guillotines and won back of the year uh to what he showed on Chicago Hounds last season even on kind of a middling to low tier um Chicago Hound squad um they all bring their own stuff to the table and I think I wouldn't be surprised if any any variation of this order of three of Duplessis Meeks and Creel kind of set in the drafts in terms of the guys that are top off the board. Um, Again, I think to your point, Maddie, about kind of going the back three player, and this kind of alludes you to your next pick here, is that there may be this Ed Fido effect from last season as well. Again, for those of you who hadn't followed along, Ed Fido, uh, Billy Meeks was dealing with the visa issues. It was kind of known that Billy Meeks, if he hadn't, was going to be dealing with that, was going to go first overall. But Ed Fido was kind of the year before Joe Mono. You know, I mean, he yeah. was he was this year's version or last year's version of Joe Mono, where there was so much hype. He scored so many tries with the New York Ironworkers, and he 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 is going through here and and to miss out on that. Um, I think there was a lot of stress there. But then we saw what Fido did last season. The disappointment he was ended up being yeah. one of the biggest busts there um, for for fantasy MLR. So I think it's a lot more safe to go with the center position that you know is going to produce points here and 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 really fill out that key role to build your team around that basis. But here, coming in that 1.4, Matt, uh, you're taking that turn. Yeah, I mean, at the fourth here, I, I just looked at it, and you can't not go Joe Mono, right? Like, it is so hard. You look at the top three centers are off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those guys are kind of a le- like once you pass those guys now when you look at our top fives you're getting into guys who have a little bit more uncertainty yeah there's a little bit more debate over who is in the in those ranks and there's one debate that we can't really take away and in that Joe jo Mano was the top point scorer last year and yes there's volatility but it is what it is. You got it. You got to take a shot here. Jomano showed that you know it's not just at MLR level. He was able to do it at international level as well. Um, I think here it's like, you, if you if you're not going to take him here, he's going to get taken next. Yeah, I mean, and this could be the steal of the draft, right? It like could be. if we knew, if we had the crystal ball, and we knew going into this season that Joe Mono was going to produce what he produced last season. He is unquestionably the number one pick. Yeah. Right. It's just that there's a little bit of concern here. Will he be able to replicate what he was able to do last season with the uh, 246.7 yeah. fantasy points and throw in those, those 35.6 fantasy point games. It's hard you. to predict that again. Um, mind you, Ryan, nobody's going to get mad if somebody, or nobody's going to think you're crazy. If you pick Joe Mono, number one, no, no, and, right. that, and, that, and that, that's what yeah. the, again, it's just the amount of risk that you want to take on. I think the Duplessis pick, the Meeks pick, the Creole pick is just a lot safer than the Joe Mono pick. You're, you're mitigating you Let being me, yeah. burned later in Maybe the season. The like, way if that you, we can do it is, is, is lay it on the table as this. JP Duplessis, Billy Meeks, and Dan Creole have been the top three centers for the past three years. Right, right. Three years in a row. I mean, Billy Meeks, he didn't play, but he, they've been the top three centers if you right. look at per game, kind of, uh, and you're looking at it that way. When you look at the back three of the past three years, we've had Ed Fido at the top. You've had Joe Mono at the top. We had, I'm trying to, th- I mean, Ed Fido was two years in a row, but he Nate fell Augsburg off. Nate Augsburger came Joe out of Mono, nowhere. Nate Augsburger, yeah, exactly. Nate Augsburger came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think who else, but like, they're clearly based on history is that there's been more volatility in who's going to be at the top right. of that back three position list. Right. All right. And that kind of goes into the the philosophy now, coming into this fifth pick that I made. Um, I'm going with Vian Conradi of the New England Free Giants. Nice. Taking That's the uh, best back row off of the board, at least on my top five rankings. Um, he last season was electric. The best back row player, 193.8 fantasy points. And kind of the same sentiment in terms of center players. Uh, back row is going to be a whole bunch of points because of the tackles, because of the meters gained, the potential for breakdown steals, their involvement in at the breakdown and their involvement within the game. There's a lot of points that get produced there and kind yeah. of the same sentiment from the center. Um, the, the advantage that you have of having the top back row player versus that middling back row player. Um, it's again, kind of that safe pick and the, the decision-making here, which we'll get into your pick here next was, do I go with, how do I pass up on Nate Osberger? Right. I mean, this is a yeah. guy that was electric last season, finished second overall in all of fantasy with 228.7 fantasy points. He was really that uncut favorite and and uh, in, going into this. But again, for me, and maybe this gives a lot of way for how I'm going to be approaching drafts this season with these first, especially this first round, I want stability. I want a, as sure of a thing as yeah. it can get. Will that burn me in the future? Will Joe Mono be the, the league-winning pick? He could very well be, but I'm trying to mitigate. I'll try to go and shoot for those risky picks in the middle rounds or in, even in yeah. my second round. With my first pick, I just don't want to get burned. I'm going to go with the safest pick that's available to me, and to me, that's Vian Conradi. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, he's he's an anomaly when it comes to the back row. Uh, he The way that he scored points last year puts him up there with a bunch of these back three players. Um 
And he was, yeah, he was like head and shoulders above the next available guy going into this season. So I like that pick. I really do. And going into my pick next, I I mean, once once Yinkin-Ratty was off the board, I know that there's still Riker Hatting left that's still on the on the board here, but uh, it's pretty hard to turn down Nate Oxberger this pick. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to turn down Nate Oxberger here. I just think that he is such an electric player and he doesn't even need much to 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 generate points. Yeah. Um and he I mean honestly Ryan, the way that he played last year was he had the consistency of a center. I mm-hmm. mean the way that he played, he had the consistency of a center. So, uh that's that's kind of uh, it was a no-brainer for me here. And that's what kind of mitigates that risk for his his move um over to um to Chicago, right? Because yeah. um you know, obviously he was part of an electric San Diego offense, but he was able to create things on his own. So even if, and we, again, we expect Chicago to take kind of a step up and Nate Oxberger will be a big part of that. I'm not as worried with the risk of him changing teams because of how Oxberger plays. Um, and you alluded to him. I mean, with the, the 1.7 pick, I'm going uh, Rickard Hatting. I mean, again, kind of that safer pick, staying with my philosophy, sticking yep. with the key positions between either center or, or, or back row. Again, all the centers are off the board that are, kind of those top tier number one guys i'm able to get the guy that i think has is going to be at the very least going to get you that second best back row player there this season and has the yeah. potential to be the by far we've seen him do it before the number one back row player he could finish well ahead of vian conradi um we know the explosiveness that record hatting plays um i'm going with him with one, my 1.7 again sticking with that kind of stable philosophy um with yeah. your next pick matt this is where kind of the 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 tide of the uh the turn of the tide kind of happens here where we're kind of straying away from the positions that we've seen so far in this uh mock draft yeah and here is now starting to go away from, like you said, the, the normal big point scoring positions, but now being like, Hey, I want the best fly half. I want the best goal kicker. I want the guy, I want a kicker that I can rely on for every week, except their bye weeks uh, to get me double digit points just from their kicking. Um, and that's Joel Hodgson. Um, he was Mr. Reliable last year. He was by far the number one fly half. Um, and, you know, you just kind of expect that coming into this year. And I think that this is kind of a nice safety pick as a first round pick, um, especially knowing that some of those more reliable center and, and back three guys and back row guys are already off the board. Yeah, 187.7 fantasy points last season. I mean, 21 conversion kicks, 15 penalty kicks uh, for Utah during the fantasy yep. season. I mean, that's just production that you can't replace. And to be locked at a position there where you know is so important for kicking points, yep. and that is such a big advantage to have to have a guy like Joel Hodgson is huge at that spot. Um, coming at 1.9 for me, um, this was kind of the hard pick because I think, and we're going to get into that 10th pick of yours, and this is where I was kind of debating. But again, especially after the preseason match and seeing him having those three, two hat trick try matches, it was hard to pass up on this guy. This was the first yeah. time I'm straying away from my philosophy of staying with the stable. I mean, at this point, you just got to go big or go home. And that's Lyanna Futi here with the Seattle Seawolves. Um, I mean, this is a guy that has the explosiveness. He's on a really good team. Again, he had two uh, matches last season where he had three uh, tries, which is something that just players don't do. Finished yep. off as the third best fantasy player overall. Um, it's it's just 
it's tough to pass this up. You obviously want the stability of a center or back three or back row player here. But I mean, Fudi dropping all the way to the end of the first round. I mean, how can you pass that up? And you're hoping on the turn here because it's a snake format draft that you're able to still pick up a guy here on the back end or the top end of the, the second round. Yeah, but here's now the top guys, the top guys in those stability positions that we're calling it, right? Back row, center, back mm-hmm. three. Back three, a little bit less stable, but the stability guys in those positions. Um, now we're getting to the point of you got to start taking a bit more risk here, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to start taking a bit more risk. Foodie, I think, is a risk. You know, he didn't necessarily start off the season great. He wasn't necessarily the starter coming into last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's... He showed himself throughout the end of the season, um, but you just don't know. I think for me, it was a don't know. Um, and I was okay with you taking Foodie, honestly, at 1.9 because I knew 1.10. I knew exactly what I wanted to go, and I was hoping you weren't going to take him, and that's LaRue Millet. Yeah. I mean, you can't look at last year. I'm not going to look at last year um, as an indicator of necessarily the total points scored, but I think when you look at his game-by-game performance, that's where you really see this guy was electric. And if you watch the game, you saw the impact that he had on that New England Free Jacks offense. Um, and he's a focal point of that offense, and it's really hard to not take him here in, in the first round. If you get him here, this is a steal, I it's think. It's a steal. The only risk, and I think the only reason why he has the potential to fall to the back end of the first round is, again, the injury risk. Is he going right? to start? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Obviously, that, that gruesome injury that he faced uh, in, in in the World Cup was a tough one. He's uh, The latest news, we mentioned it last episode, he's back at training. He's officially back on the field. I mean, last season, he was picked with the fifth overall pick in our draft, um, mm-hmm. and even him missing the first you know uh, handful of matches that he did uh, because of uh, – of the issue injury issue that he was facing last year um he still ended up performing was very very valuable um despite you know missing those front row games again if we knew if we knew larue milan was starting week one i i i would imagine that he gets picked in the top five yeah no question about that it's just that injury risk it's just that that note of whether or not he's going to start the season yeah that's the pick that i was really debating with do i pass up on larue milan for for Futi? That was the tough one here. Again, it was the injury stuff that kind of got to me um, and, and the, the the boom ability that Foodie has. But Lumero Milan, you could have gone either way with that. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if we get more details getting towards the season where Lumero Milan is starting uh, to start the season. Um, you can expect him to be off your boards quite high. Yeah. On the and I mean, here in this mock draft. the big things is going to be what happens in these upcoming preseason matches. Mm-hmm. Is he playing in them? If he is, then hey, we're all going. We're going guns a blazing, and no Lure Milan is field ready and and uh, and and match day fit, I guess. Um, with the turnaround here at the Bagus, a back to back at the end, and starting the second round here, uh, you know, shoring up my New England Free Jack uh, guns and and getting their other weapon, Apollo Balakana. Um, to me, I think you're the starting off with a center back three combo, center back row combo. That is the ideal way to start off your draft and to kind of start building your team around because that will tell you exactly how much risk you can take in the later rounds. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I I think the sentiment here and the kind of exercise here is what teams are you are you willing to kind of invest so high in and pick multiple guys in the back line here? New England Free Jacks is one of those few teams that I would do that. Um, I am not worried about having both Larumalan and Paula Bellicana yeah. on my on and my it's back not, row. It's like, not I'm like not, they contradict. Like centers are not try dependent. Centers right. are not trying. They do not contradict. 
Paula Balakana, yes, very try dependent and honestly doesn't even need that many meters gained with the way that he plays. Mm -hmm. He often finds himself in the right position just to score tries. And if LaRue Malen does all the work to get towards the try zone and Paula Balakana finishes it, that's the best case scenario that you can have as a fantasy manager. Yeah, I guess my point being is that like I'm more comfortable taking that pick with the New England Free Jacks than investing in the same players in the back line of the Dallas Jackals, let's say. Very the, true. I mean, so, nobody's investing in the back line in Dallas. All right, yeah. coming at the second round, second pick, uh, Jason Putros is my pick, and kind of to the same nice. sentiment of Joel Hodgson here, um, kind of trying to get capitalized on the top tier of fly halves. Um, you're pairing it up with Futi here. You have that kind of risky pick that you went in your first round. Um, I want stability definitely in the second pick. I know Jason Putros is going to be on a solid team that scores a lot of points, that's going to do a lot of the kicking duties. Putros is going to guarantee me points every single week and it's going to be a nice pairing here with Futi yeah. going into uh the uh third round and i mean i kind of kind of our, our second round i think uh same sentiment here with your your third pick here in the second yeah round. hard to argue with that potro's pick but here's taking a risk right ed fido um yes he has some you know he definitely has shown that he can score but he's in a new environment this year for the first time uh what's going to happen I personally think that he's going to skyrocket and he's going to go back to the Ed Fido of old. And that's why I think it's perfect. Pair him up with Joel Hodgson, Ryan. Like you said, it's kind of like the opposite of what you did in that 1.9 mm -hmm. and 2.9 slot or 2.2 slot um, of pairing instead of doing the back three first, then the fly half. I did the Joel Hodgson and then pairing with the back three of, of Ed Fido. And uh, yeah, no, I think I think Ed, getting Ed Fido here is a nice spot to get him. I wouldn't necessarily take a risk any higher. And then I guess that kind of epitomizes just for you to win a fantasy championship. Again, I'm, I'm stressing out stability with this first round, but at some point you're going to have to take these home run swings, Yeah. right? That's how you're going to win a championship. You're, you're going to have to find guys that are just going to, you think are going to explode this season, pair those guys up with guys that you know are going to be consistent. And that's, yeah. what's going to take you to that upper echelon to really win every single week. You have guys that you can count on to score you points, but you also have these high flyer guys like Lion Futi, like Ed Fido that are going to have those odd 30 point games. that are just going to blow away weeks and yeah. get you that championship. And I mean, talk about risk, Ryan. I mean, your next pick. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, "Hey, first, well, first guy for, off the board." Yeah, first guy, off, first guy off the board. That's brand new. I know, Matt. You're really high on this. Uh, this He's little, a fridge, Ryan. Yeah, this fridge coming through. Uh, Nick Grigg of the Miami Sharks is coming in here at my fourth uh, pick of the second I round like to pair him up with Rikert Haddock. Again, same sentiment. I have stability in Rikert. I know Rikert's going to score a whole bunch of points. Adding to that fact. You like that that pairing of starting with a back row and a center, two positions that are going to be points. Yep. Nick Rigg fills that role. I'm starting with a really, really high ceiling center that has a really high floor and having a center here with Nick Rigg that has the potential to go off this season. We don't know. We haven't seen him play in the MLR. His, uh, his resume shows that he should translate to that. He's, He's on a brand fridge. new team. There's a lot of risk involved, but yeah, he's a fridge. He's going to score points. At least I think so. And Nick Rigg with Rieker Hatting, I'm excited to start off with his total. This guy's a bowling players. ball. I'm so um, excited to watch this guy play. Yeah, it should be fun. All right, going into your next pick, Maddie. This one's an interesting one. First up position again. You went with the first fly half off the board in your uh, eighth pick of the first round. You're going with uh, a new position here in the fifth pick of the second round. Yeah. Uh, you start off this team. This team would start off with Nate Oxberger getting the first round. Feel very comfortable with that. You feel very uh very good with that pick to get you points now you're thinking it's time to get the top guy in the scrum half position 
so that nobody else can take him because he's going to get taken soon. And it's just a matter of who's going to pull the trigger. And I think this is a good time to drop it on JP Smith. Um, I think that, you know, as long as you're okay with hoping that you can get some other point scores in the back end, you know, that week by week, you're going to, you're going to, if not have the number one scrum half scoring scrum half, you're going to have the number two or the number three scoring scrum half every week. And I think that is nice security to have in a different way than the security you're expecting from the centers, the back rows. Yeah. I mean, those picks could pay off or they could, they could end up biting you in the butt. I mean, Osberg, J.P. Yeah. Smith, like, I think out of all the teams that have drafted so far, maybe um, compared to maybe the next pick that I'm going to make here, probably the riskiest, the biggest boom yeah, bust sure. on the board so far. All right, coming here at the sixth pick of the second round, I'm going second row, first position again off the board, Sam Gala, and kind of the same sentiment about J.P. Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just picking the guy that is in the upper echelon at this position. No one is yeah. like him. He's in a league of his own, and the advantage that you're going to have on a week-in and week-out basis of having Sam Gala at a position that doesn't produce a lot of fantasy points, similar to the J.P. Smith and scrum halves, Sam yeah. Gala with the second row, 138 fantasy points last season, way yeah. above way any above other Johan fantasy Mumsen. player. Uh, Johan Mumsen, 100 and... Uh, uh, 17 last season. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to have such a big advantage having Sam Gall. You pair him up with Vian Conradi, kind of, again, that same sentiment. You have stability at Vian Conradi. You know he's going to produce points on a weekly basis. Pair that up with Sam Gala, which, again, you know Sam Gala is going to produce points. It's just that you're now mitigating some of that risk because he's not going to obviously produce as many points. It's that positional advantage you're going to have um, there at that second row that is just exactly. going to give you advantage each week. Um, another new guy, our second new guy another, off the list here, Matt, for your uh, your uh, pick here towards the tail end of the second another round. Another new guy. And the way that I looked at this was uh, I looked at the center position because I want to do back three and center, right? So in the first round, got Joe Mono. Love to do a back three, with, or sorry, a center. Would love to do maybe a back row. But taking a look at those, I thought, you know, I don't know if I need to take, I don't know if there's a guy that I would I would want to take now or that I'm willing to reach now. So I thought, you know, I think it's a good time to take a little flyer on Felipe Echeverri. I think he's going to have an unreal season here. Um, I think he's going to do great for the Miami Sharks. Um, and I think he's going to be, an explosive offensive player that's going to translate to fantasy MLR perfectly. Um, And I thought, why not? So I think this one, I think this is a nice little spot here uh, to get Felipe Echeverri. And again, we can't stress enough how important it is for you to lock in that consistent kicker in those, getting those kicking points. And if Felipe Echeverri is going to be doing those duties, that's going to be, uh, yeah, uh, huge. but that's a risk here, right? Like, it is. You I get mean, a Mono, new guy at ten. Do you know? Do you know exactly whether he's going to be doing the kicking duties? You look true. at the lineup and you think, yeah, that makes sense. But, um, but again, there's there's some sort of unknown with going with these new guys. Uh, but they ha- it has to be done. You have to take the risk at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's kind of that same philosophy where you're weighing out who's available to me. Are you willing to take that risk? Do you go that tier below to pick a, a little bit more of a sure thing? Or do you kind of go for that home run swing yeah. to get a solid guy? Um, talk about home run swings. My next pick here. I told you I was really high on him in my uh, in my ba- back three kind of breakdown last episode. Thomas Awake here. I'm going to pair him up with Dan Creel. Um, again, the sentiment here, 
I have stability in Dan Creel. I know Creel is yeah. going to do good. I want to find a guy that's going to be that home run swing for me. And I think Awake has the ability to do that. Um, on a San Diego Legion offense that is losing Nate Oxberger, um, has to get that production somewhere. 186.6 fantasy points last season. Has that 20-plus point ability. I mean, he, he finished off the fantasy year 20.5, 24.2, 21. He's kind of just uh, kind of that next step up. Or next step below, I should say, for that back three player. I think yeah. he. I want a piece of that San Diego offense. I piece. I piece him together with Dan Creel with the stability there. I'm happy with having Creel and Alwaki on my team. Yeah, I think for me the big question is, and I'm not as high on Alwaki as you are. Um, for me, it's whether that offense is going to be the same now that they've lost so many key notable guys sure. from last year. Um, but with this uh, two point nine, I guess two point nine yep. pick. Uh, I'm going with a little bit of a another new guy. I mean, that's two new guys in a row for me, but Axel Muller on Old Glory DC, the back three. Uh, I think he's going to have a great season for Old Glory DC. He's going to be the star of the show there. Obviously, we talked about the Damian Hoyland news. We don't know about that. You know, we could see his stock going up, especially with Axel Muller being familiarized with the offense mm -hmm. and training with the team. Um, I think that's great. And pairing that with Billy Meeks, you know, Billy Meeks provides stability. Like we keep talking about Axel Muller brings that, you know, high reward, potential high ceiling, um, that you can rely on week in, week out in that back three position. All right. And then me at the last pick of the second round on the turn here, uh, to pair up with JP Duplessis, I'm going with kind of a, one of the guys that we're pretty high on here heading into this season has the ability yeah. to kind of have that high ceiling. Christian Poitivin of the San Diego Legion. I mean, what he was able to do once he returned from, from injury, uh, Poitivin was, was lights out. I mean, and he was a, a fantasy, uh, a winner towards the tail end of the season, 20.6 in round 16, 16.9 in round 17. Um, again, same sentiment. I feel like we're sounding like kind of a broken record here, but we have JP Duplessis with that stability. Christian Poitvin, kind of that home run yeah, swing if he ends up I, being there. But I think it's, I mean, Poitvin's also a pretty safe no, play. I, I mean, if he's it not is, injured. I think, yeah, I think this is a super interesting pairing because both JP Duplessis and Poitvin not try dependent. Both of the way that they score points is not try dependent at all. And those are the ones that even if the team does poorly that week. Right you know, you're not as worried. You're not as worried. And, and to be fair, like the number of times San Diego Legion are probably going to do poorly this year is going to be uh, not as much, you know, not as much as a teams like the Anthem or Dallas. So uh, no, I like that a lot. And talk about guys that aren't really tribe dependent. I'm loving this uh, pick on the turnaround. Caleb McIney yeah, wow. for the Utah Warriors. I mean, a guy that plays the fullback position for Utah, uh, only only five tries all season long. He didn't score a try in the last five rounds, but in those last five rounds, he was still able to get four out of five matches in double-digit scoring because of the yeah. meters gained. I mean, 116 meters gained in round 13, 147 in round 16. Caleb McIney is as stable as it gets, not being on those tribe-reliant guys, and I guess that's the theme for this first team here duplicy poitvin mackenny i'm pretty pumped up about that trio yeah that would be a nice little pickup if, if you're able to end up with that trio there uh and it has that perfect and going into my pick of like back three center back row you're locked in for the rest of the for the rest you got your point scorers you can worry about now filling out some of those other skill positions same thing that i'm going to be doing at 3.2 picking up jamison banana banana schultz um yeah, it's hard. I mean, the I think right now is where guys like him, guys like Gideon Van Vick, um, that's where these guys I think are gonna go. I think there may be some guys that might reach and pick these guys earlier, mm -hmm. but the way that we talked about Jamison Vanana Schultz uh, was just 
he was just a guy that we didn't talk about because we expected good performances from him week in, week out. And that's what he gave. He gave solid performances, not amazing, not spectacular, but solid performances week in, week out. And you could always rely on him. And having that center back three back row, I think that is just a perfect way to start your first three rounds of the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And then coming in at the third pick of the third round, uh, this one was a tough one for me because I've gone mm-hmm. Creel in the first round. I've gone Awake for that home run scene in the second round. I'm really hoping and wanting to pick a back row here, right? Yeah. And Gideon Van Vyke is available. But the worry of me missing out, I mean, I've seen Joel Hodgson go. I've seen Jason Putros go. I've seen Philippe Echeverry go. The kickers, the high-tier kickers are running away from me. I'm not picking again until the eighth pick of the thir- a fourth round. I think a fly half is going in that time. So I got to go Rodney Iona here. And I just don't want to yeah. miss out on those kicking points. Again, down season for Rodney Iona last year. He started off hot. Again, one of the very few uh, fly halves that just had some of the explosive ability in terms of what he was able to score in some times. I mean, I believe he put up one of our highest fly half performances he with 32.6 yeah. in round four. But then Nola kind of fell off. Rodney Iona's play wasn't as solid. So he kind of didn't finish. He finished with 140.3 fantasy points. Not that great. But I think both of us were expecting Nola to take a step up. Rodney Iona is the clear-cut guy that's going to be taking those kicking responsibilities. I'm not passing up on getting a little bit of a share of that. And now I'm comfortable uh, for the later rounds to kind of go with some of these flyer picks knowing that I have a kicker set in place. Are you concerned, Ryan, at all on finishing the – I'm going to say two things. One, good point on it's very important to think about when your next pick is. Right. Thinking about who who's going to be there by the time your next pick rolls around. Like it got back to back, that's a that's a plus, but also after that back to back, you got to wait, you know, a whole two rounds essentially until you get a pick again. Right. But also Ryan, are you are you feeling a little uncomfortable at all going into the first three rounds or finishing the first three rounds and not having a forward? That is a tough one. It is tough, but I, I just can't, I can't, I think I have Creel, right? And that's basically the sentiment on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If I had gone Joe Mono in the third pick of the first round and had to go somewhere elsewhere and got it like a kind of a middle tier center in the second round, yeah. um, I'm looking definitely trying to get that forward here. But because I have yeah. Creel, my back by back three, and I guess the question here really ultimately lies on, is the loss of not having an upper tier forward in your, you know, first three picks versus missing out on an upper tier kicker, what do you value True. more? And we've seen how valuable kickers are. We've seen how valuable back rowers is just really where your your yeah, comfortability it's... lies. I'm more uncomfortable without a top tier kicker than I am without a top tier back row player. I can yeah, hope I can find something like that in the later round. There's some sleeper picks that maybe come up in the later rounds that I can kind of hope to yeah. pick up kicking is kind of one of those secure things that if you don't have one you don't have one yeah, you're not finding not... one of those in the middle of the season yeah it's uh it's not a good time not having a kicker that you can rely on um and i took a little bit of a different approach here i mean with this 3.4 pick already having a kicker locked in unlike your last team having joe mono uh i thought i had to go with gideon van vick getting some some back row stability that we're going to keep saying, but getting that back row kind of play, getting Van Vick kind of hit with the red card last year. uh, That was the main reason why he didn't have the points. But when he was playing, he was a stud and he was a guy that was, I mean, just an absolute monster on the field uh, and always had that try scoring ability. So yeah, uh, getting Van Vick here, I'd like that, you know, fly half back three and a back row sitting there. 
Um, that sounds good to me. Yeah, Mono, Echeverry, Gideon, Van Vite. That sounds like a pretty uh, solid starting three for me. All right, coming at this next one, um, had to go with something here. I mean, I picked Vian Conradi with the first pick, picked Sam Golo with crazy. the second round pick, and I'm really hunting for that back that I need here. I, I can't yeah. go with another a forward here, especially when it's not you know any point producing positions here. Got to go with that flat. I'm not looking at any fly halves here because Rodney Ono was just taken. I'm looking at the center position or back three. And to me, hey, I have stability in Vian. I'm shooting for the moon and Sam Gullen have that advantage. Let's find a guy that can that could explode this season. Could be one of those steals. I'm going K-Train in this one. Yeah. And, and he has the potential. Again, I think we've talked about it last episode where we're just worried. The question is not how good K-Train is. It's the question is how much is K-Train going to play? And if he plays a lot... And he comes into this season and and is able to do what K Train you know does for the Seattle Seawolves. I'm laughing here getting him at the third round fifth pick. Um, yeah, I get to pair him up with two sure things in the the most sure thing in the second row and the most sure thing in the back row. I mean, I could have one of the best centers in K Train if if the risk being if he plays again. I'm going with a lot of risk here because I have so much stability with my first two picks in Conradi and Gala. Yeah, Kurdrani. I mean. I think for me, it's just so much unknown. I think, like, personally, I think if you need a back, there's safer guys with Andrew Coe. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to to get mad at somebody from taking, you know, Courage Johnny. Like, yes, there's a lot of un- un- unknown. Yes, you don't know what's going to happen, but somebody's got to take that risk. Um, and I guess this time it was you. Um, speaking, I guess, of similar risk in terms of new guys at this 3.6 spot, um, I ended up taking Martin Seagren and a new guy, a new back rower. Um, and I just felt like, you know, you get a back three, right? You pick up Oxberger in the first round, you go with the flyer, not flyer, but you go with the, the positional pick for JP Smith in the second, you need to either shore that up with a center or you got to shore that up with a back, a back rower. And I thought center wise, I think all the top guys that I would look at at this spot are taken. Mm-hmm. And I have Seagren ranked pretty high. And I thought, hey, it's time to take him now um, or else you're not going to get him on the turn. So Martin Seagren here for me was the pick. All right. And at 3.7, I got Rickard Hatting, Nick Grigg. A little bit of risk there with Grigg. Pretty sure thing with Hatting. Um, I just needed, a, I wanted to get a guy that was going to possibly just score me some tries here, get me some yeah. points, and kind of shore up what I have in Rickard Hatting. And that's Andrew Coe. I mean, Andrew yeah. Coe, he, there's a little bit of risk here because he finds himself on a new team. But I mean, two seasons into his career, he's looked pretty solid. He was solid last year, 168.8 fantasy points. Um, and he, sh- he should translate pretty well to LA. Yeah. We've had him on the show before, and he talks how he's excited for this uh, RFC LA team. Um, I'm happy with Hatting, Grid, and Co. And he's the guy. He's the guy there. You look at that back three, he's clearly the guy. It's just a matter of how is this LA RFC team going to do overall? They beat the pulp out of Utah, so mm-hmm. we'll see if maybe that translates into the season. Um, we're going to keep on on the West Coast theme, Ryan. Keep on the LA vibes, um, those vibes of the coastal wave that's on their jersey. <laughs> and I'm going to go with the center of James Stokes here at 3.8. Um, I think you short up the fly hat position. You got Ed Fido as a bit of a flyer. Clearly, you're taking risks two weeks in a row, or two rounds in a row by going with a new guy in James Stokes. But I think seeing seeing him on the field in the preseason pictures, knowing that, hey, he's there, he's training with them, um, 
he's obviously got the caliber and the pedigree to be able to come in and make an impact. And I think it's great to kind of start taking these flyers in the center position and, and start going with these new guys. And this is where you're going to start seeing that, right? Like in these yeah. middle rounds from like three to like six, like mm-hmm. that's where that's the time to kind of take some of these flyer picks. Like that's where you're going to find some guys that are going to explode this season. And, so, yeah. yeah and it's season. not, and I mean, look, it's, it's, it's not a flyer because you don't know. It's only a flyer because you haven't seen them play in the MLR and right. you've seen so many cases of guys come in and maybe either not play as much as we thought they would or just not, I don't want to say care enough, but just not be the same players that they were playing in when they are playing the premiership. So right. they come in with a big resume. It's only a flyer simply because the unknown and frankly, the unknown is, is what happens with a lot of these guys. Absolutely. All right. Coming in at the second last pick of the third round, I got Lion Afuti or Jason Potros. I'm going Charles Elton in this one. I needed to get a forward here in this one. Uh, The news of uh, 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 Devin Short no longer being with the Seattle Seawolves right now uh, kind of bolsters Elton. He was already a sleeper for me in my top five that we mentioned the back row. I mean, Elton did pretty solid last season, 157.7 fantasy points. He was pretty consistent, finished off the season with 15.3 and 15.5. This may change over the course of the next week or so with the the addition of now Cara Pryor and seeing Mm -hmm. him with the Seawolves. But I mean, third round third pick i think you're finding a steal here uh uh in in charles elton here for back row position where you don't have a forward yet and i'm i'm happy with having elton lead the way now um knowing that i have points from potros having the explosive ability from footy elton is going to produce for you consistently it's just there's a little bit more more risk here um knowing that but being part of the seattle seals back row you're happy to be part of that pack for sure um and with the final pick of the third round ryan um Going with Dylan Fawcett. We're going with the positional pick first here. First front row off the board. Um, first front row off the board, which I think is going to be Dylan Fawcett. Um, and yeah, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to argue that Dylan Fawcett is not the number one front row. Uh, he's been that way since what two years in a row, mm-hmm. pretty much. Well, I mean, yes, there is Sam Malolo, but going into each season, he has been the, the number one front row, and he's the number one front row going into this season. You got LaRue Milan, you got your center, you got your back three. Um, I think back row, you can probably wait till the later rounds. I think right here is a time with all the other picks that were taken. Um, it's time to it's time to kind of reach for that and, and step up and take that front row position before anybody else can. And kind of thinking to the fourth round, you got the turnaround. Right. So, exactly. you know, you got you got Fawcett, and then you can turn around and kind of take a flyer on a back row position or another position that you want to uh want to take a shot on. Um I think that's kind of a good spot to get to get Dylan Fawcett in. Absolutely. All right. Well, there's the three round annual fantasy Rutgers mock and, drive. Pretty pretty yeah. cool stuff. I mean, and, the notable changes for me, Maddie, before I kind of get yeah. into your analysis of what it looks compared to last year's draft. I mean, we can see that the value of scrum half and front row has gone down. I mean, uh, yes. Tusitala was was drafted in the first round last year. Our first nine doesn't go in J.P. Smith until the second round. Uh, Dylan Fawcett was drafted in the first round last year. He doesn't go into the third round in our mock draft. Again, there is a big advantage of having these best top-tier guys that are such a big advantage over other players in uh, that certain position. But again, you weigh that out with the guys you're passing up on in the point production. Again, you it's hard to pass up guys who are going to reach that 190-point kind of threshold versus yeah. you know the 110 point threshold you'll get with a scrum half and and front row so kind of that was the big kind of thing that i For saw sure. in this one and look if, if we've seen from experience that we can't predict what every fantasy manager is going to do 
this is how we would do it from our analysis. But we saw, I mean, we got surprised last year in the yep. first three rounds and the first round and the first like five picks, it was completely different from whatever we had in our mock draft. So uh, you're definitely going to come with surprises, but with surprises comes opportunity. Um, and that means that if somebody else is taken, one of these guys that you might like might fall to you um, or vice versa. If you're trying to looking to be one of those guys that are thinking out of the box um, for me, a couple big standouts here. Uh, I think really just some, some, some guys who are left off the board. You got yeah. guys like Lincoln McClutchy, um, yep. you know, is Matt Gitto a guy that maybe was left off the board as well. Um, and you wonder whether he would get, get picked in the first three mm -hmm. rounds here. Um, also potentially, you know, if people are valuing front rows and Nick Sushan as well, um, so it's interesting. I think there's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about this. Um, but I would be really happy with some of these teams. Um, if I, if that was how my draft went. Yeah. And I mean, I guess to that sentiment, I mean, I think that just goes to show you that you can take home run swings if you want to early on there are going to be guys available i mean just to mention yeah. some names that are still available in addition to ones that you said like davy coats are still there mikey teo is still there mika cruce jordan jackson hope will yeah. leonard like there's a lot of still names that are still available here so I, it just goes to show you that there's a lot of like fantasy producers that are still available after the three rounds um but 100%. to get to that to get to that point maddie uh just as we wrap up the show uh out of all the the 10 teams here of the first three players which team would you choose to base your 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 would you be most happy with um to base your team around moving forward i mean man that that one that team that picked first is looking pretty tasty yeah uh, i do really like that squad i also really like the fourth pick team as well um yeah those are probably the two teams that i like the most uh yeah they just they just have a really good balance of players. Yeah, the four team being Joe Mono, Philippe Echeverry, Gideon Van Vyke. I'm going to have to go with that first team. I would be yeah. super stoked having Duplessis, Poitavin, and McAnny. I think yeah. that would just be a lot of fun to, to work around here and give you a lot of flexibility later on in the draft. 100%. But nonetheless, um, you can find the full uh, draft, mock draft results on our social media pages at the Fantasy Rutgers. Make sure you go check that out. Really fun exercise. Again, um, keep an eye out on all socials. Keep an eye out on our Discord community about all the latest happening around the Fantasy uh, uh, the landscape within major league rugby we're coming down to it it's draft time baby and we're we're super oh, excited yeah. drafts are coming through again march 23rd friday march 23rd coming up this week uh live stream the fantasy Rutgers league draft big names rugby wrap up uh, myself maddie vandy rugby morning um, um eagles overseas uh la rouge rugby podcast um and all of our og members as well just a lot of fun have a lot of fun night to to tune in Watch yeah. a, a bunch of guys uh, making fools on the cells, picking crazy picks here in this week. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern time, March 23rd, this coming Friday. Going to be a lot yeah. of fun. Don't miss and, it. Uh, and good luck to all of you who are doing their draft this week or the upcoming weeks. Um, enjoy. Have fun. Uh, and, you know, I hope you don't fully regret your entire draft and you end up happy on the other side. And typically, most of the time, that does happen. I mean, knowing fantasy sure sports, does. it's always that second guessing there. But nonetheless, it's fun. It's the best time of the year. Draft season. Cannot wait. MLR season kicking off in under two weeks. We're looking forward to it. It's coming real quick. Cannot wait. And hey, keep an eye out. FantasyRuckers.com will be out mm -hmm. coming soon. So make sure you watch out. All right. For Matt Yee, for myself, Ryan Yee, thank you for tuning in for the Fantasy Ruckers shows. We'll be back next week with another episode. Love you, Vandy. 
You've been listening to the Fantasy Ruckers Show, bringing fantasy rugby to the masses, covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, connect with us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is the Fantasy Ruckers Show, signing off.